Hello everyone, this is Rico, and you're about to hear another episode of Treks in Sci-Fi, your weekly dose of geeky goodness. It is July 16th, 2023. This is show 909. This week, yes, I had a skip week, skip week last week, and there's going to be a skip week next week, I think. Yes, not even that I think, because I'll be at San Diego Comic-Con, uh, even though uh, I'm, I'm debating a little bit about it. More about that later in the show, but... Um, this week's going to be kind of casual, uh, a little quicker than usual. Life is busy lately. Um, we've we've got this new puppy, and Lynn went to a baby shower today. So, uh, yeah, not not in our family, a friend's daughter's baby shower. So uh, we have had enough kids for a while because my son had twins, and my son and his wife. So now they have four kids. Uh, but um, if they're listening, if Stephen's listening, hello. So anyway, the. Um, but I'm going to talk a little bit about, I, I saw the Mission Impossible movie, Dead Reckoning, part one. Long title, right? Mission Impossible, colon, Dead Reckoning. I don't know if there's another colon, part one, uh, which I enjoyed. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that and, and uh, the other Mission Impossible movies. Talk a little bit about all these strikes out in Hollywood and, and Trek and, and, I don't know, can we throw in a little Star Wars or anything else? I don't know. We'll see. Maybe uh, maybe Secret Invasion, Marvel shows and all that. Uh, but... Um, but yeah, so I'm a little bit on dog patrol, dog duty right now. Uh, you know, we have this six-month-old uh, puppy Luna, and so it's. I was almost going to record in a different part of the house, but she seems settled down, so I went to my normal place to record. I can kind of hear her moving around if she does. So um, we just went for a short little walk, so she should be good for a while. Yes, that's the uh, <laughs> the joys of uh, new puppy uh, around. But yeah, let, uh, let's do this. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. Scotty, beat me up. Fascinating. Stand by to receive our transmission. All right, folks, again, welcome to Treks in Sci-Fi. This is Rico. Uh, and uh, a couple of things I guess we'll start off with. I, I usually do this at some point during the show. Not always. If you ever want to contact me, treksf at gmail.com. If you want to support the show via Patreon, I uh, greatly appreciate those that do. Uh, that's at patreon.com forward slash Treks in Sci-Fi, and if you want to see any of the video stuff that I do, it's over on Vimeo, V-I-M-E-O dot com forward slash Trekkie. Uh, those are vidcasts and convention uh, videos and a lot of stuff like that. So anyway, uh, yeah, so the week's been pretty good, I think, more or less, or two weeks actually it's been since I recorded for you guys or, or did anything. It's, I don't know, summer is racing by, you know, there's... The weather here has been pretty good. We've had a lot of rain. We get all these mushrooms in the grass when it rains so much. So, uh, which is not good when you have a new um, new dog puppy around. I just also realized something. For all these years, I've done the podcast uh, for a long, long time. I just use a mic on a stand on my desk, and it, I think this has just became more apparent to me because I, I bought a, I built a new computer back in the early part of the year, like the first of the year. And I finally 
finally about a week ago bought a new monitor finally for it. Uh, I've been wanting to get a 4K monitor for it. I had a 32-inch um, 2K monitor. Uh, so I got a Dell 4K monitor, and yesterday I, I spent some time and put a stand up, uh, not a stand, sorry, put a um, sort of a stand, a wall mount for the monitor, which is cool, and, and it takes a little bit of tweaking and adjusting and everything, but I like it. It, you're, it gets, it's kind of nice. You get the monitor up off the desk, but now I've realized, and I know a lot of people who are podcasters, especially if they do it for a while, they end up to putting in a mic arm kind of stand thing. I never really wanted that because my desk doesn't really, doesn't really lend itself for that. So, but I think I need a higher mic stand because I I'm tall. And when I sit, it, I always feel like I'm leaning over and I know I'm leaning over for the mic stand. So I maybe need something a little better. Uh, I don't think this thing goes up any higher. <laughs> I should really get some get something new, and uh, and and a couple other new pieces of gear as well. Anyway, um, but uh, but yeah, I like this uh, I like this monitor arm thing for the monitor. I'd like to do my other. I have a monitor for my uh, Mac Mini, uh, just on a stand, and I I should get that up. Although what I've realized, it's kind of <laughs> there's a lot of cable and wiring behind a. Especially behind my my Mac Mini, I, I you know there's a little USB um, hub thing. Uh, there's just a lot of junk. It's almost better to have it you know on a stand because it sort of hides that a little more. I got to do some cable management, basically, is what I'm saying. I think. Um, but uh, so what do we talk about first? Let's talk. Let's talk about the strike situation. So. You know, and and first off, you know the writers, uh, WGA Writers Guild of America, whatever their Screenwriter Guild or whatever, they're they're people who just write for uh, television and movies, I believe. I don't think the people who write are the people playwrights. I'm sure there are, but I don't think those people are affected. So that happened. I don't know how long they've been on strike now. A month, more than that, I think. Um, that happened, and then just a few days ago, Thursday, maybe. The actors, the Screen Actors Guild, SAG or whatever, uh, and I think this is just actors in America, I think that it affects, or the United States especially, because uh, I was reading a few interesting things. Some productions like overseas, even if they're using actors from America, I think they're like the next season of the of the, the Wheel of Time, I thought I read, or something like that was still allowed to film uh, with the actors couple of weird exceptions but anyway essentially the actors and the writers are all on strike now all the Hollywood folks um, which pretty much shuts down every everything production wise television movies and so forth you know which I think it's interesting to me a little bit it's it you know if you were in the middle of a movie and then that happens like there's been this week there were some leaks that went out um, for the Deadpool 3 movie and I'm assuming those are current uh with uh wolverine if you you know here's a i don't think it's really a spoiler it's all over the internet but hugh jackman's back as wolverine and in deadpool 3 with ryan reynolds as deadpool and there's um some images of of wolverine and the good old classic yellow costume that he had in in the comics in the earlier days of x-men comics which is fantastic for you know x-men was between Amazing Spider-Man and X-Men, Uncanny X-Men, those are the comics that I started on and, and grew up with. But the so I think that movie is is sort of filming now, and I guess it would just be stopped, like <laughs> no more filming for a while. And it's going to be really interesting because 
I mean, what if two or three months go by? I guess you can just pick right up. I mean, that's not going to change somebody's look or appearance. I mean, I think Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman, I would love to be in the shape those guys are in. You know, they, they'll they be fine and all that, but it, it's got to be very, very disruptive. And it's also got to be costly because it makes me wonder, like, the, the crew, the other people that aren't actors or writers, do they have to keep paying them? Like, and none of this really concerns us exactly because it's, you know, Hollywood and movies. But if movies and TV shows have, have more or less shut down, do those guys get – I'll have to ask my friend Kenny when I'm at Comic-Con uh, about, you know, will will people get paid, you know, still? You know, I, I think so, probably. Um and I think even when unions, I'm not. I've never been in a union. My my wife was, you know, a teacher, uh, you know, and uh, you know, teacher union thing. But I know strikes and and striking places have like strike funds, right? That they can pay people to some level. I don't know if writer writers, uh, the writer strike or the actor strike, if that happens or not. Um, but essentially, these guys all, you know, they're 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 essentially striking because the money is not being shared very well. Their streaming services uh, companies are not being transparent with how much they're making, and 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 it's there's a big disparity in pay versus people on top in the industry and people down below and everywhere in between. I mean, yeah, some actors and some writers make okay money and make pretty good money. Certainly, some actors, it's pretty well advertised. I think you rarely hear about how much writers make. Um, but, um, but yeah, obviously some actors, I mean, you hear actors, the big, the big shots, you know, probably Tom Cruise, you know, with Mission Impossible, I don't know how much money he's making per Mission Impossible movie, but 20 million, 30 million, whatever it is, it's well worth it. Cause I mean, those money, movie, movies that make money, but, um, but most actors and most writers don't make that kind of money. So that's it. There's all this talk about AI in Hollywood, um, I don't know. My opinion, and I'm a techie guy, and I've played around with some AI stuff and chat GPT and things, and even some image things. It's, you know, I think, I think this, I think there, while it could eventually happen, and, you know, there are these, all this talk about they're, they're scanning people's images and bodies and faces and everything, and then it gives them the right to just use them forever and junk like that. Um, I don't think that's quite right. Um, I also think people are overestimating what the power of AI can do in terms of, especially writing stories. I, I, I've, it's not capable of writing. I mean, people talk about you know stories. Look at it this way: people talk about you know Hollywood not having any ideas. Just think of every movie is starting to be written by a computer. I mean, there are people out there who would joke and say, "Well, that would be just as good as the screenwriters now," but. You'd be amazed. It's going to be a very, very long time before a an, an AI system can spit out a script that's ready to go. Extreme. That's not going to need some adjustments or whatever. Um, so that's that's a long, long way off. But I mean, even so, I get that they're concerned, um, you know, and and that. But um, I mean, when you think about it, you know, a lot of industries over over the years, technology has replaced people and workers. I mean, I work in the auto industry, and that certainly has happened. So, it, it, and and unions have been concerned about that, auto unions and things. 
the, uh, I mean, cars used to be hand painted. You know, I work in the paint area of, of the automotive industry and, and, and cars literally were guys with spray guns. And that still happens to a degree, a small amount for touch-ups and repair work and things, even on new cars. Um, but it's mostly automated, but those automated systems need people to monitor them and control them and adjust them and all that. But you need less people. You know, it can, it's much more automated. I was, there's this wheel place that had very few, you know, the painted wheels, basically very few people working there. It's all pretty automated. So it's, it's the way things go. I mean, we invent technology to make our lives, um, simpler and easier. And, and it's also the, the classic situation of they can if they, if, you know, you get a machine to do a job, you know, you, you save yourself money usually in the long run. The machine might cost a lot to begin with, but you don't need to pay a guy then, right? So I don't know. I'm just kind of rambling a bit, but the, I hope these guys, I, I hope that everybody gets what they want. I, I think that it, will these things be settled at some point? Sure. I don't know how long they're going to go on for. Um, I read some weird story. I don't know if it's a weird story, but there's been all kinds of stuff in the news about this and quotes and things. And, you know, the, the, some of the big shots in these companies, they should just basically not say anything, especially guys like Bob Iger. And, and, you know, they, I've heard, I've heard people say things like, well, we're just going to keep waiting and let, let these writers all basically run out of money, you know, to the, to burn them down to the ground until they come begging back for their jobs and stuff. And, I mean, what what a what a thing to say, right? You know, it, it's uh, and and a lot of writers have supplemental income. You know, the the guys that don't, women and men, whatever that that are writers, they they can't. There's a lot of people who have jobs that have a, a have to have a secondary income of some kind. It, it, it's really sad. You know, you go to you know, especially you go to college. Teachers are, are a prime example of this. Teachers don't make much money when they first start teaching for the first at least five years or more. Plus, they've got to do more schooling. It's a requirement. Uh, so that that's a, and, and that's the future of our kids. Ah, I'm getting on my soapbox a little bit here. But I'm mentioning all this, I guess, since it impacts, you know, we're, we're you know, I'm, I'm certainly someone who consumes a lot of entertainment that I enjoy, movies and television. A lot of people listening to the podcast are the same way. You know, things aren't affected like video games, uh, comic books aren't really affected, regular books, and, and so on. Like, for example, William Shatner is supposed to be out at Comic-Con. He's got a um, new book coming out. I think it comes out sometime soon this fall called You Can Call Me Bill. I think that's the na- the title. And I get invited to there's going to be a press conference. I assume he still will be there for that and that that will be okay because it's a book. And he's being, you know, he's there as a book author, writer, not as, you know, Star Trek's Captain Kirk to talk about Star Trek, really. So, and and there's some other people on the panel as well on that panel. But there is supposed to be at Comic-Con a big Star Trek panel on Saturday with, you know, Star Trek uh, Strange New Worlds and Lower Decks folks and things. And Discovery as well, I think, to, to kind of talk about the new season. But I think that's all gone and canceled. And I'm leading into – so back back up a step. Um, I hope the strikes get resolved. I hope people get what they want. I, I have a bad feeling that the people on top won't give that – you know, none of their money is going to go away. They're just going to end up charging more for streaming services and movies and so on. They, they, they'll, they'll figure out a way to re, re-figure the money 
And, uh, you know, but who knows? Maybe something more dramatic will happen. Maybe this will be a shift in things. I mean, any major industry is kind of like this. The people on top make huge amounts of money compared to the little guys down below. And, and it's, it's, it's not an even distribution. It's not at all fair or equivalent. It's, 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 it's awful, honestly. It's, it's become more so over, over time. Companies, you know, people talk about company greed. It is sort of true. Um, you know, even the place that I work for, I mean, every, every year they're pressing and pushing for more, more income, more, more sales, more to make more money. And you, you hit a wall eventually with that in, in any industry. So they cut jobs, and that's one way for them to make money. You know, you, you just have, you, you know, if you have 10,000 employees, if you cut it down to like 8,000, you have 2,000 people you're not paying for, and you, so it looks like you're making more money. But eventually, you can't keep doing that. You can't keep cutting and cutting. So it, it, it's, it's, really, it, it's really crazy how, how much the, you know, everything in, in companies and, and business have become so aggressively, you know, seeking like double digit profits each year, you know, like and increasing those that much, like we want 10% more money each year. You, you can't, that's unsustainable. All right, I'm going to get off my soapbox. But what it all leads to is I, I really, in the last few days, I really was in a bit of a, a bit of a quandary of whether I was going to go to San Diego Comic-Con this year. Um, I, I love hanging out with Kenny and his friends and, uh, and other people that I've run into. Like there was this guy named Dylan that I met last year at that great 10 forward party where we were fortunate enough to run into cast people from strange new worlds and other shows and got some photos with them and everything, which was amazing. I don't know if I'll ever, ever be able to top that little, little surprise or event. Uh, and, and there were some other press panels like the Orville had a press panel that I went to last year. Gosh, it was just a year ago. It seems like it was a long time ago. So all of that's kind of going to be gone because the unions, the the actor union, the writers, writers do a little bit of the panel stuff, but not as much as the actors uh, at the at San Diego Comic Con at least. But but both of those groups, you know, they've been told basically they can't go to one of these any conventions and promote anything. So this big Star Trek panel, which was going to basically promote the the various Star Trek shows that are airing currently and, and are upcoming, uh, that's that's going to be gone. The only thing I could see happening possibly would be they'd still do the panel, but the like executive producers and other people who aren't writers, who aren't actors, will do the panel. I guess that's possible. I I I think that would be <laughs> people. That's not a Hall H worthy thing to wait for, in my opinion. I, I mean, people like to see the, the the people in front of the camera. They like to see the actors. So with all that, you know, I was really, and I'm looking at like already 18 minutes into this podcast, and I haven't talked too much about Mission Impossible or anything else. I will in a few. So I was deciding like, okay, when I'm at the con, you know, I, I walk the hall. I take photos of cosplayers. I do some cosplaying myself usually. I hang out with friends. Uh, I do go to panels. Uh, but I don't go to a lot. I, I mean, and then there was also the last year that William Shatner uh, thing where he put his hands in cement at that little event off, off, it was a little off site at a place. So those kind of things, I don't think, I don't know how much of that's going to happen. I've gotten some invites, press invites. Um, when you get a press pass for San Diego, you get flooded in your email with, especially about the week before. So the bottom line of it all is I was really debating whether I could probably get a, um, 
get my flight refunded. And, and, and I don't know about the hotel that I've reserved. I put a little deposit down on that. I probably would have got some, maybe all of that back. I, I don't think I would have lost too much money between the airfare and the hotel reservation. So I could have canceled without too much of a money loss. Um, but I, I, I kind of made up my mind. Uh, it, it came down to, I, I, I love the con. It's fun. I like seeing all the people. I really truthfully spend most of the time out just sort of people watching, taking photos, video and everything like that. Uh, so I, I and, and it's just it's an I haven't gone anywhere in a long time. I haven't been doing much work traveling or anything like that. So I, I, I could use that. It's a little bit of a struggle with the new puppy and leaving her alone home with my wife, Lynn. But um, I think they'll manage and uh, got some ideas there planned. But um, yeah, so I I've 99 point eight whatever percent decided to I'm going to still go to the con. It's just, I mean, I certainly would go if it, it really boils down to what am I losing with those people not being there versus, you know, the money I'm spending to go, you know, with all the hotel costs and pay for my food and, and everything. But the last piece of it was when you get into, and I've gotten it now, this is like my fourth time going and being able to get a press pass for San Diego. I'm also a little bit concerned, you know, they, they, you like electronically like scan your badge every time you go in and out. I'm a little concerned that if the, my badge that they gave me this year didn't get scanned and they look over, I don't know if they connect the dots really, if they see who comes, like they give out a bunch of press passes and if somebody doesn't come, does that mean they're out of the, out of the group for the next year? Like, I'm a little worried about that. <laughs> I, I shouldn't say this out loud, but I had half a thought, like, if I didn't go, I would mail the badge to, to Kenny and have him scan me in and out or give it to somebody and, and have them use it. Because they never really check. You get the badge ahead of time, and you can just, on the on opening, you know, preview night, you just walk in, scan the badge. I mean, I've been there now the fourth time. I think they used to say they spot-checked occasionally because your name is on your badge. Um and they would, I've, I've heard stories that they would go around occasionally ask for people to show their ID that it would match their badge, but I've never really, that's never happened to me and I've never seen it happen. So if they do that, I, I think your odds are pretty darn good that it wouldn't happen. <laughs> I, unless you have trouble with your badge or something happens to make, make them want to check or, or something, you're doing something wrong. I don't think it would be a big deal. So, so I'm going to go, I, I think I'll still I know for sure I'm going to have fun. It'll be a little different kind of fun, and and maybe there'll be other panels. Maybe I'll go to more video game and gaming things and people that aren't, you know, there there was some talk of the con being now, well, we're going to go back to the old days of Comic-Con. You know, there's a lot of people who say it's just turned into this big entertainment mecca of movies and TV stuff, and there's a lot of stuff that's not going to be there. I mean, Marvel already is was not planning on doing a big Hall H presentation, of uh, uh, some other big big outfits weren't going to do something. Uh, I think I think maybe Netflix, Disney, or whatever. I mean, there's there's going to be some presence on the show floor for those places, pretty much. But they weren't going to do big panels anyway. That was even prior to the strike happening. So it, it'll be really interesting to see what they decide to do to fill these empty slots in the panels. I I, I don't know if it'll if they'll try to do it anyway with other people. Like I suggested earlier, maybe the Star Trek thing will still go on. Maybe they'll preview some upcoming things. I mean, it would still be fun to hear, you know, some of the other behind-the-scenes folks talk about it. Uh, without the actors there, eh, probably not as fun, uh, for me at least, I feel. 
So, all right. I've spent 20-some minutes talking about all that. Uh, I'm going to take a short break. I'll come back, talk a little bit about Mission Impossible, and then probably just wrap up this week. And I'll be back in two weeks, by the way, with uh, a big, probably a big vidcast about San Diego Comic-Con. So stay tuned. I'll be right back. We have a problem. The world is changing. War is coming. Well, it was bound to happen sooner or later. Ethan, listen to me. The world's coming after you. Stay out of my way. All right, uh, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1, which um, I think is the sixth or seventh Mission Impossible movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm reading, sorry, I'm reading a Wikipedia thing here a little bit. The um, There was... Um, a couple things. Well, first off, I thought the movie was really, really good and, and a lot of fun and everything like that. Um, a bit long, perhaps. It's paced a little different. I think it's... It, I, I did notice a different pacing to it slightly. I mean, it's still a lot of action and it's still paced pretty fast. But I think the fact that it's considered part one and there's a two-part thing, I think they, they're making this story, letting it kind of breathe a little bit more, making it... Um, I don't know how to describe it. It's 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 just they didn't have to wrap everything up in this movie, and it, and I think it feels like that as you're watching it. I didn't really mind that, but it is a little different feeling than I think the other Mission Impossible movies. I still think it's great. I think Tom Cruise still does a a great job as Ethan Hunt. Uh, it's really funny to me because when I first saw the first Mission Impossible movie, I really did not care for it that much. It was okay. I didn't really like the way it ended. Um, and that, but as the series has gone on, especially the last, say three or so movies, it, um, I've enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of, um, fun and action and it's got a lot of spy elements and things like that. Um, it's, you know, it's really, sorry, I was texting my wife who's off on her little adventure and got to her place, which was a bit of a drive to get to. So the, um, but yeah, these are fun movies. I uh, I know there's people out there. Tom Cruise is a bit of an odd guy for sure in real life, no question. Uh, yeah, but um, but the guy does a good movie and and he puts everything into it. He seems completely unafraid of a any kind of a stunt. <laughs> there was this one little interview thing I saw where uh, I don't know what part of what premiere or where event that he was at it recently, but they handed the guy they they said here's a helmet. They handed him a helmet because. He's always riding a motorcycle in his movies. And have you ever seen him wear a helmet? Like Top Gun, he, he rides a motorcycle in this because it's been that stunt's been all over the internet forever. Um, but, um, but anyway, the uh, yeah, so Dead Reckoning Part uh, One. And it's the more or less the storyline uh, is, is a pretty current topic, let's just say. I'm not going to say any more than that, you know, what's going on in it. Uh, but it's pretty apropos. It looks like what I, what I really wanted to look at Wikipedia is they didn't do a Lord of the Rings thing where these movies one and two, part one and two, were done at the same time or filmed at the same time. Uh, they've started to film part two. It's supposedly was going to be released next June, 
June 28th, 2024. So that's good, only a year apart. Um, but now with the strikes going on, it, according to this Wikipedia thing, they've they've interrupted filming. I don't know if they got how how long they got uh, filming. You know how far they were filming into it. Um, but um, it looks like I'm trying to read when it was other locations. Uh, it looks like they've been filming part two for a little while. So maybe a good part of it's done. Who knows? But I guess it's a, it depends on how much is still left to do and when the strikes resolve themselves. I guess the actors have, haven't gone on strike in a long time. Writers, I think, went on strike uh, not that long ago during one of the Star Trek series, right? Um, well, TNG, I think, had a writer's strike during it, right? During one of the seasons, came back later and stuff. So writers have stri had strikes, but actors, I think the last time I heard, read somewhere that actors had a strike was like 40 years ago, something like that. Um, so we'll see when part two comes. I'm sure it's probably going to be delayed some. Uh, I, I feel like the last three, four years now, we've really been in kind of a mess. You know, we had COVID and that messed things up. And, and now, you know, the you know for entertainment, at least, you have these strikes. And, and COVID still has had some lasting, you know, impacts on industry and a lot of things. So it, it's a weird world. Interesting times, I guess we can say we live in. So, but yeah, I thought this was really fun. Uh, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning. I mean, if there's no, no debate or no question, if you enjoyed the other Mission Impossibles, this is a lot like those. Uh, I really like the first, say, opening 15 minutes or so of this movie, especially... Um, the ending is, is got some pretty amazing stuff in it too. Uh, but I, I like, I like the way this movie starts out. It, it that's one thing I like the style of the mission impossible movies where they, 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 they show you a lot before they even show the opening credits and they still do the whole, like the, the old TV series when the opening credits, they would show little clips from what was coming. It, it, it's sort of a, you know, a throwback to the, to the, TV shows, and I think other shows even. Well, um, if you know the old sci-fi show Space 1989, they they did that as well, where during the opening credits, uh, it was only for season one, actually, I should say. There were two seasons of that show. But during the opening credits sequence, they would show little tiny little snippets and clips for what was going to happen in the episode. It's a little bit of a tease and a little bit of a... I feel like it's that 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 little technique that they do sometimes where where they show something dramatic happening like uh, in, in a show or a movie and then they go 24 hours earlier or one week earlier. So, you know, oh, look, this guy's getting, you know, hit by a car or something or, or shot or something's happening big. And, and they go, oh, 24 hours earlier. It, you know, it, it, it's it's a technique. It's a tease. I, I, I think it's overused, um, but it's a little different in the Mission Impossible. I mean, the little images you see, pretty much every one of them have been in trailers anyway there wasn't too many there's a couple of sequences in this movie but a lot of the stuff you see in the trailers is is the, in the movie obviously but i mean it, it's it, it's almost like they show too much we, we i've talked about this many times it's almost like they show too much in these trailers it becomes uh, you know like okay guys you don't need to show every bit of the movie i mean the story they don't really um give you the you know what's the premise what's what's the real problem here what's going on but um but yeah good movie 
I enjoyed it. Uh, looking forward to the next part. We're getting a lot of part ones of part two uh, movies this summer. The Spider-Verse thing did it. This this one did it. Uh, the, the Fast and the Furious amazingly did it. I, I don't know. I think they just go out and film a bunch of stuff, and they realize they have like five or six hours of footage or more. And they go, well, I guess that's two movies, <laughs> except except in the the case of both the Fast and the Furious and, and this movie, Dead Reckoning, they didn't do that. They didn't film, uh, although maybe they thought, well, we can't we can't solve this or we can't, you know, this is a big premise. I kind of wonder when they start writing it, maybe it says somewhere in here, um, but I think with this one especially, it was they decided this even before they filmed one one bit of film that it was going to be a two-part thing that they weren't going to do this. This wasn't going to be a single movie. I think that was decided. So, uh, all right. Um, what else? Uh, I think that's enough for that for that movie. Um, let's touch on Star Trek real quick, and then I'll, I'll sign off for this week. Um, Strange New Worlds continues, I think, to be really fun. We had a couple of great episodes. Um, I haven't talked about the tomorrow, 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 the time travel one, I don't think. That was fun. Um, the most recent one, I don't remember what the title of this most recent one was, but this one involved to Pring and, and her family and, and coming to the Enterprise uh, and then something uh, happening to Spock. Uh, I thought this latest episode was great. I, I really enjoyed this latest one. It, it, it starts out seeming like it's just going to be kind of a fun comedy kind of a thing, and, and it becomes a little bit more than that and deeper. So, uh, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was really great. Brian um, and others have commented, you know, this season seems different than the previous season. And I think that's true. I'm okay with that. I think some of that has to do with the cast. And uh, there's been talk Anson Mount had a, had a new child and he hasn't had a great big presence. Although this most recent episode, he was in it a fair amount. And um, there actually hasn't been a lot of time on the bridge, just, you know, cruising out there in space and doing stuff. Um you know, they've, they've, other things have been going on, but we'll see. Um, I think we still have five episodes left, I think, or, or six possibly. Have we only had four? I don't know who, who can keep track. I think we had five, but, um, and then, um, by the way, if you're, uh, if you watch the first season of it and gosh, was it like two years ago now, but the, the second season of that foundation series, that sci-fi series is out on Apple TV, uh, I haven't started to watch the second season yet. I'm still trying to finish up a few other shows. I'll probably load up my iPad with uh, with a bunch of stuff for the trip and, and, and try to catch up on a few things. It's always good and, and nice to just watch shows on an airplane. gives you something to do. And more than just watching the movies that they have there on the plane, because honestly, most of them I've seen So in that little screen you watch them on. But I usually load up my iPad with some TV shows from downloaded from Netflix or some other service. So uh, that'll be good. And um, yeah, so let's finish this off. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. It was a little bit of a weird show with, we got a lot going on here and, uh, but yeah, San Diego Comic-Con, I think it'll still be fun. Uh, I'm still sad a little bit about, you know, the strike. Couldn't they waited a week or two? <laughs> it'll be interesting. Uh, one person was commenting and saying, and, and maybe this will end up happening, but We'll probably end up seeing some picket signs there, I think. It's not like they're picketing the con. The con doesn't have anything to do with how much these writers and actors are paid exactly. Um, I don't even think, I think when they go to these events, San Diego Comic-Con, I don't think San Diego Comic-Con necessarily pays the actors. I think they're being compensated by the studio. Like, hey, Paramount, 
you know, they tell their actors, here's, here's some money, go, go promote Star Trek, whatever. I, I think that's how it works. I'm not positive. I know other conventions do, the actors do usually either get, they not only get their, usually get some kind of compensation for both going to the con and, and also their expenses are covered and of course, things like that. But I think San Diego being more of an entertainment uh, mecca thing and the fact that a lot of these people are literally right out there in California. So it's just a, you know, a drive down to San Diego typically. Um, I think they're compensated for by the studios. And it's it's also part of, I think, their job. I think it's written into, you know, you're working on a TV show or a movie. Part of your job is to go out and promote it. Um, again, don't know how it all works, but that's kind of my assumptions. So, uh, all right, folks, I uh, hope you guys have a good couple of weeks. I'll be back in two weeks. By the way, um, keep an eye on the Treks and Sci-Fi group on Facebook. I'll obviously be posting some photos and video from the convention up on there, as well as the um, uh, Patreon folks are going to get some exclusive things. And I'll try to post up a few things on there that I... I'll either post later on the Facebook group or, or maybe just for Patreon folks. I try to do that. It's a little hard. It's always hard at these cons because, one, the Wi-Fi stinks most of the time. Even in the hotel, the Wi-Fi sometimes stinks. So I'll try to do all that I can, though, to get some stuff out during the con. And it's cer certainly when I get back a week later, I'll, I'll have a big, big report on it. So that's uh, about it. Everyone take care of yourselves. Enjoy the summer. And I'll talk to you again soon. Bye. This has been a Rick Dosti production. 